This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why, this is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why the podcast. Welcome to the This Is Why podcast. I'm journalist, author, and comedy writer, Laura Lane. And I'm author and editor, Angela Spera. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we give best friend advice on topics including pop culture, news, friendship, dating, workplace dynamics, parenting, and whatever else is on your mind. This week's episode is called Managing Stress. We're going to dive into our mailbox where we have a question from a listener who is separated from her husband overseas. And we've got an update from another listener who found love on our show, or thanks to our show, I should say. Then we're talking about what's in the news. Prince Harry might or might not have a ponytail. It's all very confusing. And Sex and the City returns to HBO without Samantha. But first, Angela, what has been on your mind this week? You know, I've been very into my um, sleepy time playlists. I'm very into rain sounds. That's my favorite version. It helps me sleep. But you don't um, have sleep problems. I thought that was Ian. I don't, but I just, I, I, uh, you have your routine. I have my routine. I get an even more restful sleep, but yes, it's true. Our, we both have like, we express our anxiety in different ways. I like, uh, basically am, um, narcoleptic and he is awake all night. But <laughs> in the background to both of those things is the sound of rain pitter pattering gently. I really should get like a loud sound machine because Nick sometimes snores and I get so pissed because like it's so important that I sleep right now. I I also have a routine but it doesn't involve rain noise but maybe I'll do that. But anyways what's been going on with your rain noise? Well so Spotify has a lot of different sleepy time options. I experiment with a few different ones but rain is my favorite. So I had my rain playlist on the other night. Um, I, I like there's also podcasts on Spotify that are just like ambient noise. So I tried a podcast one because I don't know. I thought it was going to like that rainfall is going to sound different than different rainfall. I don't know. You I was tried to put yourself to sleep with a podcast. But like it was just a pot. It's it's like it's, um you know, on there is a podcast, but it's just rain noises. But what happened was it started auto playing the next episode of this like sleep sounds podcast that I was not prepared for. And it wound up being ASMR whispers. Which I don't know who finds that comforting. Is Certainly that like, not to fall asleep to. Explain what that is. Because I think we talked about it on the show maybe a long time ago. Was it like, I think it was like a YouTuber. I vaguely remember us talking about a news story where somebody would like world. sexy, kind of whispery, boyfriendy. So, there are certain people. I am not one of them. But there are people who like the sound of like someone whispering into a mic like really close like this or like gently tapping the mic or um even the sound of eating which is like my least favorite sound in the world but people like like the sound of eating or crinkling paper it just like does something to them it gives them like fuzzy feelings and like good like, like happy a foot feelings. fetish situation yeah like but some like, people are me, grossed out by feet some people love them i remember like there's nothing worse than somebody crunching and eating into a microphone for me and for you and for I remember Nick. Nick, <laughs> Nick Nick doesn't even like last time I was pregnant he used to be in the room when we would record the podcast last time when I was pregnant don't you remember him saying you need to step away from the mic because he said I was breathing too hard because towards the end of my pregnancy when we were recording our podcast the baby's so big it like pushes on it pushed on my lungs yeah and I kind of like happens I kind of sound like <sighs> but I didn't even think it was that bad he's just so sensitive 
Needless to say, this ASMR would not be for him. And but turns out for we, we could have released the footage uh, or the audio of you doing that as a whole separate podcast that people would have been very into. I mean, I think if you go back and listen to the episodes right before I gave birth, I'm mean, like, hi, welcome to this. This is why you're single. But I don't know what it is. Like for me when I'm sleeping, like because Ian has done this too where he like whispers something to me and it is the scariest fucking thing. So when this like podcast started playing of people whispering I was asleep and I shut up in my bed like ready to like I was like looking around like ready to grab a baseball bat I was like oh Ian I like tapped him and he didn't wake up miraculously for somebody with insomnia um and then like I was like oh it's this creepy fucking playlist I thought there were like demons in my bedroom so not into ASMR that is what I learned (laughs) I love that you woke up your you almost or you tried to wake up your your fiance with insomnia like that's he would have killed me if I actually succeeded cruel punishment I gotta say like unless someone's in your room trying to murder you I think if it's hard enough for him to fall asleep like leave the poor boy alone I truly I woke up ready to like ghost bust I didn't know what was happening um but yeah luckily he had taken some sleeping pills so it he slept through the ASMR debacle um so I'm going to stick to rain sounds from now on. How is your week going? My week's good. I'm a lot of, I think I made a big personal growth decision this week where I'm learning. I've gotten better about this actually since having a kid in general saying no to work commitments that I don't find either fulfilling for my career. I don't like need to do it. Um, it They don't like pay well or they just feel like obligations. Like if someone asks us to be on their podcast that has like 10 followers, like I'm like, sorry, like I'd rather spend that hour with my son. No offense to podcasters trying to start out. But I just have gotten better at saying no to obligations because I'm just only going to do shit that I find interesting or important or fulfilling. And this week, though, was kind of one that was in between those. So I have been doing a lot of creative work for free recently during the pandemic somehow. And I've done a lot of creative work for free in my life. And so have you. Like the sketch show, for example, was us doing something purely because it was creatively fulfilling, but like we paid for the director. Like we pay, like we actually negotiated toward the end because we were selling out the show so much to get a cut of ticket sales, but that wasn't something that the theater typically did. And it was kind of like revolutionary for us. And like And it also it gets murky when it's making someone else money and you're not being paid. For sure, for sure, for sure. And like our show was just doing so well. Like honestly, like props to the artistic director because it's not standard for sketch comedy shows to pay the performers. But we like came in with a presentation and like he said, okay, sure. Um, And we like were able to, but anyways, but, but typically like doing the sketch show was unpaid. Yes, it turned, we got lucky and it turned into a book deal on a podcast. But I've also like written for McSweeney's website and like their book, which was like unpaid acting jobs and friends short films like all all these different things I've recently been writing for this amazing website called Repco which is story a storytelling collaborative that covers issues of racial and social justice and activism and like those are all examples of things that are both creatively and emotionally fulfilling that I feel 100% good about but recently I don't remember if I talked about in the podcast but like somebody from the United Nations reached out because they were working on a book about fairy tales for young children and and like wanting to do like a feminist slant. And they invited me to be a part of this like workshop. And perfect. It seems like perfect fit, perfect timing, perfect fit, perfect, perfect timing. Like I've always like 
had a, you know, a tender spot in my heart for the UN since I did debate in high school and I was part of like the model United Nations team. And I was like always winning awards. And I just thought like, I don't know, the UN's the, you know, soft spot in my, in my heart. I, I worked for the pretend UN in high school. Right. Would be hard to say no to the UN. Would be hard to say no to the UN. Um, and, but like, it's not like they were asking me to go and like it, they were asking me for like my writing and and like and for writing something that I've already written. Like if I was donating my actual time and feeling like I was helping people on the ground, I think I I don't wouldn't have like a limit to my time necessarily, you know, like within right. certain parameters. Mm-hmm. But this kind of like snowballed where like first it turned into these workshops that were in the middle of the night because it was with writers from all around the world. So for me it was like three in the morning. And the first couple, I was, like, exhausted and it was really hard because I was pregnant, but it was really, really cool and really special to meet with these other feminist writers from around the world. But then they were like, um, do you want to, like, try to write a story for the book? And I was like, yeah. And I was trying to suss out. I was like, is this paid? Is this not paid? And they, like, weren't answering, which was weird. <laughs> Never a good sign. And and then event, and then, and then so, like, I submitted some story, put in a lot of time, submitted some stories. Um, and then, like, and then it it was it wasn't like so far down the line that we found out like we're not getting paid and I was like okay but they sent like some feedback on the stories I like redid them like did a bunch of edits and then just recently I sent in what was I thought like our final draft cuz I I did this with um the writing partner I did my last book with Ellen and I thought it was like our final draft and I was like here you go these are the last edits and in my head I'm like this is enough time I'm going to donate to like writing a creative story for free for anybody you know like I'd put in like a lot of time I felt creatively tapped it was not becoming fulfilling anymore I was like this is not I'm not getting paid for this like I wanted to do it because I think it's a cool project but like like I'm done and so I and then they sent back like literally what would have been like a page one rewrite which in like the writing world means like they're like wanted to take the story somewhere totally different mm-hmm. and I had to write back and I was like I I put in so much time. I part of me wants to see this project through, but the other part of me is like, no, like I feel kind of I'm starting to feel taken advantage of. Cause so I came up with these lists of, if you're asking somebody to do work for free, which I have, I've done like some like short films where the actors have worked for free. I've done a sketch show. The actors work for free. I think like this, you know, especially when you're asking professionals who make their livelihood this way, like I'm a writer, like I typically get paid for my work. And if I'm right. not going to, like, I need to know the parameters up front. So this is what I, I also th- think that there is an issue with people not recognizing that what you're doing is work that happens yes. like cr- with creative stuff a lot where they're like, oh, she's having fun. She loves to write. She's just having fun. So totally like, give her these notes and they don't see that it, it, it is actually work. And that if I'm doing this for you, it means I'm not putting in that time pitching a story to somebody that I could be getting paid or working on a story that I that like is a paid thing and like yes it's like the UN but I'm like honestly at this point in my career I'm like sick of people being like oh you're so you know having the like you're so lucky to be working for us it's like I've done a lot of cool things like I I there's like there's very few things at this point that I that like you know, the, the cachet of doing it is worth like me doing it for free. Do you know what I mean? So anyway, so I think this is what, if you're going to ask somebody to do something for free and this is what I'm going to 
I this is helping me set my limits in the future is number one, you need to say up front immediately that you're not getting paid and you need to explain why. Like there's no budget, you know, the person asking you to do this is also not being paid, et cetera, which is typically been the situation when I've, I, I've asked people like, hey, creative people you want to collaborate on this thing. Like I'm not making any money off of it, et cetera. But say up front that it's not a paid gig, which did not happen in this situation until like pretty far along in the process, even though I asked multiple times. My questions kept getting like ignored, but I was like, all right, I'll just like work on the story. I guess they're like figuring out how much, you know, to explain what is being asked. Like how many hours is this going to film? How many days is the filming? Uh, if you ask me to write a piece, like how many rounds of edits will the will there be? Like you need to set the parameters of what's being asked. And that did not happen at any point. Number three, like what will happen to the final product? How is it being published and when? How will it benefit the person donating their time so they could decide if they want to be a part of it? You know, like, oh, we're, you know, um, do you want to film this thing? It's going to be on this website. Do you want to film this thing? I'm going to submit it to this festival, hopefully, you know? And for this UN thing, they kept saying book, a book, a book. And then it turns out it's like, it's going to be online, which is fine. But like, not only did you- Not as exciting. Not as exciting. Not only did you not tell me I was not going to get paid up front, not only did you not tell me like how many rounds of edits or how much work it was going to be until I had put in so much work and then you wanted me to rewrite the story completely. And then because you just had a different idea. And then also like you weren't clear about what was happening to the product. It was like, I was like, this all went wrong. And like, and then number four, do not ask people to be a part of your figuring out stage unless you explain from the get go. And it's like something like a table read or, or something else. Like this was a part of a workshop and they were like trying to figure out what this whole thing was going to be, but like they just were not clear. And I felt so glad, so, so good walking away from this. And I basically sent an email and I was like, Hey, I really appreciate these notes. Thanks for asking us to be a part. I'm very flattered. Um, it's been, you know, but I have, ex- you know, what I sent you was what I thought was a final draft and I've exceeded any time that I can commit to donate anytime I can donate to this project. Um, I can't yeah. do it. I can't do it anymore. If you want to consider another one of the stories, cause we submitted two. And I was like, I'll do one round of edits and they just never wrote back. Isn't that insane? After I spent so much time, I'm sure they're more from the UN. I'm sure they're eventually going to write me back. I don't know if they're like, they can't be, they, they cannot possibly be annoyed at me because I'm just annoyed. Like, I'm like, if this is how badly you're running a like book you're trying to make, like, how are you getting anything done in the world? How are you uniting the nation? How are you uniting the nations? <laughs> if like, this is, is like, this project's like such a run has been run like a hot mess where you have like not had, it's been like so unclear from the get go. I've asked, I asked so many times over so many emails, like, is this paid? Uh, what's happening to the final project? are you using both stories or one? Like I asked like so many just questions trying to figure out what was happening. And I was like, is this shit getting lost in translation? And I was like, no, the person running it's from Australia. We speak the same language. <laughs> hmm. Maybe you should have just added mate to the end of every sentence. <laughs> Am I getting yeah. paid mate? <laughs> Anyways, That's, it was a good I lesson in saying no. And just know like you're allowed to say no to things when you feel like it's reached a point of you being taken advantage of. Even if you're getting taken advantage of by the United Nations. All right. <laughs> On that note, it's time. Only only the best. If you're going to get taken advantage of, only do it with the best. No. And maybe I, I'm probably being a little 
harsh to say I was taken advantage of by the United Nations. I don't think, I think they just like, it was not a very well run uh, project and I got annoyed. Um, that's really what happened. Um, all right. We're, we're going to jump into the mailbox. All right, Angela, what's in the mailbox this week? Um, well, actually, first we wanted to just read a really nice uh, message that we got from our listener, Amy, and it's just um, her feedback on the show and uh, how she's been enjoying it. She says, I wanted to say thank you for having your podcast. This is why and this is why you're single. I have listened to every show and it has truly changed my life because of your suggestion in 2018 with a dating site called Coffee Meets Bagel. I found my soulmate. We recently got engaged and I wanted to thank you for sharing this site and dating advice. I cannot remember which episode it was, but I highly recommend this dating site. Your podcast has helped my life in more than one way from dating, travel ideas, personal development, and just being okay with who I am and loving myself and so much more. I love the new format. This is why with growth in life and look forward to Wednesdays with new episodes. Oh, this is so nice. So she says, keep up the great work and continue to do everything you ladies do. Cheers to the new year and hope you all stay healthy and safe. So I chose um, to read this because first I was like, oh, let's, you know, maybe we'll use this as an opportunity to give some more like dating, personal development, travel ideas. But then I was like, actually, my takeaway from this is really specific to why she wrote in, which is she was like, go on Coffee Meets Bagel. And I don't know <laughs> if you remember, Angela, but. After I think we did a, like an interview with maybe the founders. It was we a, did. it was like a few years ago. And Dawoon, we were, and I remember Dawoon, who was a doll and like yes. very very. Who sweet. was also if you, this was on Shark Tank, they they tried to pitch Coffee right. Meets Bagel on Shark Tank uh, before she was on the podcast like a long time ago, and I do not believe they got a deal. I don't think they got a deal, but we heard. I'm, I like to be transparent on the podcast because like, what do I care? But I just want to help people. <laughs> but like we heard back from a couple listeners that were like, "Ugh, coffee meets bagels, the worst." Like there yeah. are some crazies on there, you know. And we felt really bad, even though we loved Alwoon. But then I get an email like this, and so my takeaway is that you have to try different sites and find out what your vibe is and find out what yes. works for you because there's crazies on every site. Like, are you kidding me? Like Tinder? Yes. Like Bumble? Yeah. Like every site has crazies. So like yeah. this person found the love of her life on Coffee Meets Bagel and we had a couple people write in and say like, oh, it didn't work for me. Like that was a bad recommendation. And like, I felt really bad about it. So then we kind of like maybe, you know, didn't really promote Coffee Meets Bagel as much as we maybe could have after that. Well, I will say like in full transparency, like the spectrum of dating websites, uh, I've heard like mixed things about Coffee Meets Bagel. Like I've heard other good things too from listeners, but the one that was really bad that we had the founder but on do. was Badoo. Badoo is like across the board bad reviews. So. Yeah. I, and we, we noticed it's different. In America, like the Badoo in America is different. And the Badoo is funny because yeah. I was in all these, like, they were trying to launch in America. And like back in the day, way like a long time ago, I I went to like an event for the launch. Like my friend was um like cocktail waitressing at it and was like, come to this like loft part like event. I'm like serving drinks at. And I was like, okay, cool. And they had like um like a photo booth there. So I was like, oh my God, this event's amazing. Like, thank you, Madison, for inviting me. Like good food, cute photo booth. And like the photo booth was actually a way for them to like, like scope out people for this like Badoo advertisement that they were doing. 
And so, yes. so like, I like wore these like really cheesy. I mean, nowadays they'd be like really cheesy, like quirky, like oversized, big black glass, fake glasses and like had like a bright purple shirt that's solid. And as we, and as I learned from all my time doing like TV, they say wear Skittles colors. It just like looks good on TV and it looks good in pictures. So I had a solid purple shirt on and quirky glasses. So I looked like quirky plus my solid shirt just looked really good in the picture. So I get this like call from Badoo being like, we loved your picture from the photo booth. Can we like use it in our ads? Also talking about doing free shit, not paid. They wouldn't give me anything. Like, I think if you're asking people to be in your advertisement, like, throw them, like, 500 bucks. Like, which, because you were, like, you wound up being on, like, a subway poster, girl, right? I was <laughs> painted on the side of buildings in New York, like, all over subway ads, like, like, the front of subways, inside subways, like, taxi cabs. I was, my picture was everywhere in New York. It was pretty they cool. They should have thrown you a couple dollars. Yeah. It was unfortunate that happened so early before I, like, knew many people in New York, but, but the people I did know were, like, I just saw you on the subway and I was like, I know. Talking about doing free shit. I said yes, though, because I found that funny and like fulfilling because it was like just a funny story and like very cool. Like when else am I going to get painted on the side of a building? So I said yes, no regrets. Yes. Do I think they should have just like as a matter of as like, I don't know, principal paid paid the people in their ads? Yes. But like at the end of the day, no regrets about saying yes to being like painted on the side of buildings. Also, I didn't, it was like they were launching. I didn't know they were going to be like good or bad. But then right. fast forward like a few years later, like I had heard some bad things about Badu. At that point, I had like deleted my profile. And um, uh, they, they, they said like, if you're going to be in the ads, you have to actually have a profile because we're saying you're like a real user. And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah. I was like, but I have a boyfriend. And they're like, doesn't matter. <laughs> And so I had to create a profile just so that I could like be in these stupid ads. Um, and no, they're not false stupid. advertising. It was a little bit of false advertising. Um, and yeah, they were creepy. Anyways, that's my Badoo story. But yeah, then like we heard like there were so many creepers on that site. Yeah, that's I would say Badoo and Plenty of Fish are the two that I've heard the worst things about. We never heard but, that bad of things about Coffee Meets Bagel though. It was more just like, uh, it yeah, like didn't work for me. Like I tried it for like a week and like didn't like it. Was, it was like hit or miss. Yeah, but this just goes to show that, like, try a bunch of sites and see what works for you. Exactly. I agree. This person, like, found their soulmate, which I'm very happy for Amy. Amy had a lot of great things to say. I'm very grateful for this this message. What else do we have in the mailbox? Well, okay, next up we have a question from our listener, Sum, and Sum writes, my husband and I have been struggling with an immigration situation. He has been banned from the U.S. for overstaying his visa to take care of his dying father. It will take two years to get him back into the U.S. He is currently in Italy. We are struggling with if I should travel to be with him. Because of COVID, we have been apart for months. I live with my mother who has cancer. I have severe anxiety and COVID-19 has exasperated it. I'm afraid not only of getting COVID, but of passing it to anyone who is vulnerable. I miss my husband so so much, but I don't want to contribute in any way to the spread of this virus. Any advice or support is appreciated. We can definitely offer support because, yeah, like that's hard. God, this is a hard situation. Like, I'm sorry, like about your mother and like his dying father, and you're apart from your husband, who, uh, you can't even, you know, like the fact that you guys can't be together to support each other. Like, this is just devastating, and these are the kind of stories that are just heartbreaking to hear about during COVID. 
Um, this is hard because you have a lot of anxiety. Obviously, you don't want to pass it on to anybody vulnerable. It sounds like you're really, I mean, what I worry about is that you leave and then maybe you either can't come back or like, you know, are scared to come back and like you're not there with your mother. But at the same time, you're, you're, it sounds like you're really struggling right now. And like, you might just want to like, you know, double up your mask, get on a plane and like quarantine, take a test so you know you don't have it. And and then like go be with your husband and his father and like honestly maybe just being reunited might help you and you know if you are really care you it's out I'm given your situation I'm sure you're extremely careful as it is I'm terrified to fly I'm giving that advice considering that like I will not fly and like don't do anything and like I'm pregnant and like terrified but assuming you're young and healthy and you're going to be careful once you get there by like getting the test. I don't know. Like you're struggling so much. I think like maybe you just need to, it's going to, I don't know at the same. I mean, actually, can I totally take that back? I would have given (laughs) that advice maybe three, four months ago before we heard there was a vaccine. Yeah. I'm giving that advice January 18th. This episode's coming out like exactly a month later. It's February. You should be able to get the vaccine by April at like the like maybe if wait if maybe if you wait two weeks after you get the second dose for it to be effective. So actually, fuck fuck my advice. Wait for the vaccine. It's so close. We know there's a vaccine. Like, don't do anything. Actually, anybody that I see traveling, I'm just like, you're an idiot. Wait for the vaccine. I'm I think I'm giving this advice like forgetting that there's a vaccine and that like eminently we we're gonna get it. Um just like wait for the vaccine and wait till you, your husband can take it. And then like, and then like honestly book a flight and get the fuck over there. Cause I think you're like, you're, you're struggling, but I would still, like they say, once you get the vaccine, like still, you know, do the protocols and be careful and all that right. stuff. But you're so close to getting it. Just wait a few months. Like whenever I hear people like, I need to go do this thing. I'm like, honestly, this whole year is just a wash. Just like wait for the vaccine. So yeah. I've started to give advice, but that, that's the advice I maybe would have like given somebody that like didn't know when there was going to be an end in sight, like not going to see their husband for two years. Like, you know, it's like, all right, just like go reunite and like be careful, you know, but actually there's a vaccine. So just don't be an idiot and wait. Yeah. That, that, sorry. I, <laughs> that came, I came full circle. Watching you work in real time your way towards pretty much what I was going to say, <laughs> which is that, yeah, like. I mean, not to minimize like how much you miss your husband because I'm sure you really do. And it's really, really hard to be apart from somebody for that long, especially with what you're both going through. But yeah, I will say marriages in theory are forever. What we're going through is hopefully temporary. And with the vaccine in sight, hopefully really temporary. So yeah, I would say just hold out a little bit longer uh, and like, you know, do your FaceTimes and Zooms with him in the meantime and and like pay attention to when you can get your vaccine and go. Uh, But yeah, I think it's worth waiting it out since you waited this long anyway. Um, But all of that said, I do know, so emergencies happen. Like I have a friend who her husband is from England and his dad died in the middle of uh, the last year. And she was like, I am getting on a plane to fly internationally before I've ever even outdoor dined. Like this is terrifying, but she did it. Like Laura said, she, she, masked up. She got a face shield. 
She brought her hand sanitizer. She got tested when she got there. They didn't see people right away. And then the same thing when she got back, she didn't, you know, she quarantined. Um, So if you are going to travel, you just have to be willing to take all those precautions and like, like when you get back, be away from your mom for probably 10 days. But I think it's worth just waiting. Yeah, I agree with Laura. Sorry, it took me a little bit to get there, which was very obvious to Angela, but I'm slower than <laughs> I was I was like waiting to be like, but wait, Laura, the vaccine is coming. And then we were both going to have a light bulb moment. But then you got there without me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got there eventually. That's all that matters. Uh, if any of you listeners want your questions answered, email us at contact at this is why the You can also find all of our contact info on our website at this is why the Next, we're going to talk about what we've been reading in the news. What have you been reading, Angela? What's in the news that's maybe a little lighter, I hope? Yeah, like, I mean, really important news. Apparently, Prince Harry has a ponytail, according to, of all people, Rob Lowe. Explain. So I guess Rob Lowe lives in the same neighborhood because, you know, Prince Harry and, and Meghan now live in... L.A. or California. No, no. They moved to a really like like near Santa Barbara, like an exclusive little, you know, enclave, enclave of Santa Barbara, which is like like an hour and a half north of L.A. um, So, yeah, Rob Lowe was on James Corden and I guess they had nothing else interesting to talk about. They were talking about Prince Harry. yeah, he said that they're neighbors. He's seen Harry driving around. And um, he he mentioned that he thought he had a ponytail. And then, like, everybody lost their minds because I guess they were like, oh, my God, Harry's gone Hollywood. Uh, but now – How did he think he saw him with a ponytail? I don't know. But E.T. followed up with Rob and they were like, oh, Prince Harry has a ponytail. And now he's, like, backtracking. So, so he did what, see him in his neighborhood with a ponytail or he didn't? What is – is Rob Lowe is, just this is, pulling this out of his butthole? Rob Lowe is changing his story. This is what Rob Lowe says now. He says, you have to consider the source. I also was the man that broke the news that Peyton Manning was retiring. He went on to win another Super Bowl. So my credibility in the news gossip thing is tenuous at best, but I'm going to keep trying. I think what happened is he – okay, so I'm looking at the story. He – he says he saw him driving his car and he thinks he spotted a ponytail, which is suspect specifically because like, isn't Prince Harry kind of balding? No offense. I just don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I just don't buy that family. he would do the ponytail with like a little bald spot. I just don't. If anyone can afford that. great hair plugs, it's the Royals, right? I you don't know why William that. looks the way he looks. But you would think that. But then Prince William is totally yeah. mostly bald. So I don't know. Maybe but they just like Mar- to rock maybe- it. Maybe Harry is being – he's following good COVID protocols and not getting a haircut because uh, we actually were able to put Ian's hair in a little ponytail recently and it was the most grotesque thing I've ever seen and I hate it. And I was like, please take it out. I don't like it. Yeah, but Megan has such great – like I, I trust that she's good with a pair of of scissors and that she could but, just like do a little Harry trim. Trust? I don't Ian know. does not trust me. So really? if well. if Harry trusts Meghan, good for them and their relationship. Well, I don't know. I don't trust Rob Lowe anymore. I I, I get the, I get the feeling that he didn't realize how big of a story this would be. That he like says it on like a, a like a late night show. Like I think I spotted Harry, Prince Harry with a ponytail. Ha ha ha. He doesn't realize it's gonna literally get picked up by like every major newspaper and magazine. Yeah. So that's funny. Um, you want to know what I've been reading? 
Yeah, what are you reading? So I was reading People Magazine, keeping the light also. I'm curious to know your feelings. Uh, Sex in the City is coming back. Uh, this is crazy because everybody's been speculating about this or asking Sarah Jessica Parker literally anytime she ever gets interviewed. And I just thought it was one of those things like, oh, like that'll never happen or like right. like sex in the or C- that shouldn't happen. <laughs> it shouldn't happen. Like sex in the city's done. And then out of nowhere, I see like uh, HBO does like this revival and it's called and just like that, because I guess that's a phrase it's instead of sex in the city, it's called and just like that, because right. that's like a phrase she used to say the a lot Carrie, in her, mono- yeah, she, in her yeah, monologues. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that Carrie used to say in her monologues. and But it's coming back without Kim Cattrall. Now, obviously, we all know that, like, Kim Cattrall and SJP have some kind of feud or Kim Cattrall's, like, mad about something. We're never very clear about what. Maybe she didn't think she was, like, treated well or didn't like the storylines or didn't, like, who who knows? It was all, it's, I've never gotten, like, a straight answer on, like, why they don't like each other. But SJP, Cynthia Nixon, and Kristen Davis are coming back, which I'm excited about. Because honestly, Samantha's storylines were always, a lot of the time it was like her own storylines, you know? Yeah. So I'm I'm very excited to watch this. This is like, I, I'm dying for, I just finished Bridgerton. I finished Emily in Paris. I'm pretty much exclusively only trying to watch like frou-frou brain candy shows, yeah. given the state of the world and the news. Like, I, I mean... All I do is read the news and it's dark. I just want some frou-frou, like sex, a new Sex and City is like all I could ask for. At but, the same time though, for me, watching old episodes of Sex and the City, like they always rerun them on Problematic. Uh, well, no. Yeah. Yes. Problematic, but not what I was going to say, but yes, problematic. Um, but I also, I, I do have a soft spot in my heart for them because even though they were living these like extravagant, glamorous lives, so much of their relationship stuff is so relatable and almost more relatable to me than like girls was, even though girls was more in line with my lifestyle. Like I never want to rewatch girls ever, but I love sex in the city and I can watch it all the time. But rewatching it now is also like, oh, I miss New York. Like it makes me feel yeah. good. Like it's like a time capsule. So seeing them like with masks is going to kind of, I don't know. They're going to be wearing masks. Ruin it, but well, because it's going to be like, I'm assuming they're going to be like handling COVID, right? No. Oh, my God. I hope not. How can you do a New York City set show that's coming out right now without like being like, what are the girls up to during COVID? Is it supposed to be about what they're up to during COVID? I haven't heard that anywhere. That would be fucking horrible. And I really don't want to watch that show. I, that's not what it's. I, did you read that somewhere that they're like? I honestly talking just about COVID? it because no, you're I feel wrong. like what is the other? Why else bring the show back? Because it's escapism. I don't know. It's going to be like. Like Emily in Paris came out and it wasn't about COVID. I feel like people. But wasn't that filmed pre-COVID? Yes. Um, (laughs) All right. I hope they don't. Yeah, that's a good question, Angela. Ugh, ugh. I really don't want to see them like in mass dealing with a COVID story on Sex and the City. I mean, that that would be like that. It would be fun. That'd be like that fake Seinfeld episode that a writer wrote about 9/11, like like the Seinfeld 9/11 episode. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google it and you can read the pilot that he wrote. It's like a very good episode but it's like that's not what you want to watch um but you know what sex in the city famously ignored 9-11 so maybe they'll ignore covid as well yeah so apparently um kim kim cattrall said you know like she liked a fan's tweet applauding her for doing what's best for you and putting yourself first so I don't know, but then of course you get all the people that are like, I'm not watching this without Samantha, like fuck this without Samantha. And like there's all those comments. 
Um, one more thing I wanted to ask you about, Angela. So supposedly all the stars are earning a million per episode. Do you think like how like is Kim just doing this out of like principle? Like how bad of a work environment could it be for her to say no to like a million dollars per episode for this HBO revival where she's just like, I fucking hate SJP. Can you hate somebody? Can you hate somebody that much to say no to like a million dollars per episode? In my current financial situation, no. But in Kim Cattrall's financial situation, maybe. Maybe she's like, I'm comfortable. I'm good. You know, Sex and the City was a successful show. I'm sure she's very fine. She's got her millions. Yeah. It's 10 episodes though. Yeah. So she basically walked away from like $10 million out of principle to be like, I hate SJP that much. I am not going to do that show for my own like mental health. And because I have, a, you know, I have chosen that I have decided I don't like, I don't well, like, I don't like her that much. You know, you, you talked about boundaries earlier. Kim Cattrall, boundary queen. Boundary. We have to, we have to respect. Queen. Oh, and I, I do admire that. But I also, I got to be honest, I won't really miss Samantha. I know. Me neither. And I think it's so easy to be like, oh, Samantha moved to LA and we lost touch. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For like, sure. I've lost touch with people that are literally exactly like Samantha. And I'm like, yeah, we grew apart. We grew, yeah. We grew apart. It's very easy. Um, I mean, I loved her as like a character when it was like young, fun, like. Yeah, whatever. But I. But she also she didn't have a relationship with the other two girls on the show. Like, no. like they kind of only hung out because of Carrie. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like I don't even feel like I don't know the friendships weren't. That I can't strong. wait to hear what excuse they make of why she's not on the show. On that note, it is time for us to talk about our topic of the week. It's a very stressful time now and whether you've lost your job, lost a loved one or none of that's happened and you're just struggling and stressed out but feeling bad about it, all of your stress is valid. So what we thought we'd do this week is talk about the ways that we manage stress and the things that stress us out. Like we always say, we are just here to give best friend advice. There's nothing that annoys each of us more than like fake coach, hacky people that pretend they're experts. We are the opposite of experts, which we proudly say we give best friend, big sister advice. So if we're talking about an episode with stress, if you need to go see professional, go see professional. We are not professionals, but we hopefully can give you some relatability. So I thought I'd talk about what stresses me out first and then what I do to help. And then, and then you'll go and then you will talk about what what's stressing you out. Sure. Okay. So I wrote down how many things I picked. I picked five things. So I'm super stressed about the, I guess, fear of getting sick from COVID and the pandemic. Last year when I had my appendicitis, which sounds like just like a silly thing, like, oh, your appendicitis. But because it turned into such a big, huge, like crazy, scary, like almost like deadly infection, I will never take my health for granted. And I know that like out of nowhere, are you typing some notes? I can hear your keyboards. I'm typing what makes me stress. Oh, okay. Okay. But I guess you hearing my keyboard makes me stress. Okay. I can hear I'll your keyboard. i the list. Um, <laughs> I'm, do- I'm doing ASMR. Yeah, no, I can't stand it. Like your keyboarding <laughs> is driving me nuts. Okay. 
I won't ever take my health for granted. And I just know that out of nowhere, it can be stripped away and cost you months of your life. So I don't want that to happen again. Um, being high risk pregnancy, especially during the pandemic is stressing me out. I thought I wouldn't be so nervous this time around because luckily Rilo, he was three weeks early, but he didn't have to be in the ICU and I was able to bring him home and everything worked out. Okay. Even though recovering from a C-section sucked. Um, but I just don't take anything for granted. I just, I know how, you know, until the baby's there and they're healthy, it's like, I don't take anything for granted. My family stresses me out. <laughs> it's been hard being away from them, but certain certain family members are always like a little bit disappointed by they get mad about stupid shit. Like I post stuff on Instagram before telling them or the order of who I tell first in the family that I'm pregnant or something like so silly and stupid, petty stuff. So I'm trying to work on reminding myself that I can't control how other people respond and feel. And I just need to like live my life a little bit more. Um, just life stresses me out when we talk about how it's okay to be stressed out by little things. Um, you know, if the grocery store doesn't have what I need, that's like stresses me out. I'm like, but I need to make this thing a pack of driving late, Nick forgetting to pick something up. Those things stress me out. Um, but one thing that has not caused me stress is friends lately. Um, luckily friends I've noticed, Angela, I don't know if this is true for you too, but friends have not been causing me stress lately for a long time. Actually, I think, I don't know if it's because I have like a husband and a child that they really just understand and cut and like cut me some slack for maybe not calling all the time. Um, in a, in a way it's like sad and you know, I want to make more of an effort, but, but luckily, I don't know. I just have friends that don't really give me shit for not, you know, they don't ever get mad when I post something on Instagram or like forget to tell them something. They're just like excited to talk to me and like present when we do catch up and, if we don't talk for a month and then we catch up, it's like no time was lost. Um, recently, I've actually had a few couple friends apologize to me when I feel like Ugh, I have like not been around. They'll call me and they'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I haven't been like a good friend or like I've just been like have a lot going on in my life. And that's been really eye opening to me where I've then said like, no, I felt that same way, too. Like maybe neither of us just n- n- need to feel any guilt. Um I think we all feel like we don't do enough. And I think I've just, at this point in my life, I have friends that have busy lives in a good way. They have their own interests. Um, but yeah, this makes me want to do more and be a better friend. Um, I usually like to do this with like thoughtful gifts or like a thoughtful card every now and then. But um, it's been really nice that friendships have not been causing me stress. They just don't, they don't like have expectations of me in a way that like, they don't like they're not disappointed that I'm not meeting their their whatever expectations they've set is what I'm trying to say yeah in a way that like my family I feel like sometimes does like I like can't live up to like their expectations or they like have some idea of how I'm supposed to be acting or doing or sharing or like how often I should call or whatever it is and like my friends are just like very laid back and chill um and just make I feel I feel seen (laughs) I feel seen and I feel accepted that's what friends are for. Like, okay, you tell me Warwick what stress. Said. You tell me what stresses you out, and then we'll talk about how we each manage it. Okay. Um. So for me, <clears throat> I would say one of my my two. Oh no, I have like three main stressors that have have plagued my past year. Number one is trying to find a job, 
a day job that isn't the podcast. The podcast is fun, but it's not a full-time job. Which you um, had for a bit, but like – Which it- I had. I dabbled. I dabbled in having a job and then I didn't anymore. And I got the, laid off twice. Because the pandemic is crazy. Yeah. But, um, you know, so that's a big stressor. Um, and, and not just like finding it, but like Enjoying interviewing it. and working on resume stuff. Not fun. Nobody enjoys that stuff. No. Um, my other big stressor is the wedding, which I haven't talked about in a while. But basically just like n- – Knowing that whatever we wind up having to do, we're going to have to do last minute because we're not going to have, we're not, you know, there's no way to know where we're going to be in a couple months um, in terms of vaccination and everything. It's most likely we're going to cancel our wedding again for the third time and we will get married. We're going to do something small, but that's going to require a lot of like moving pieces and like certain vendors like sticking on for the small ceremony and then other vendors using like a year later because we're Wait, keep when? kicking the can down the road for a big ceremony. Oh, okay, okay. Wait, when are you getting reception. married? Is this like podcast um, news? Well, we've had – I never sent to save the date or anything because I felt insane sending a wedding save the date while like hospitals were overrun. But our date is June 6th um, of 2021, okay. <laughs> which seems unlikely. But it's right on the cusp of when things might be okay. So it's – stressful navigating that. Um, and then like parents' health stuff because that's just totally uh, out of my control. And all I can do is uh, be there for them and ask a lot of questions. But yeah, I'll, the common theme of all this stuff is stuff being out of my control. And that stresses me out because it turns out I'm kind of a control freak. Yeah. I feel you. Me too. I am. I am too. It's been this year has been like a big, a big work working on releasing that for sure. Yeah, especially like being pregnant, I get into like nesting mode at this stage. Like I'm just hitting my third trimester, where it's like animals do it too, where you need like everything to be in order before like the child comes, and like that's yeah. just hard to do. Where I've realized like I'm not gonna be able to like ha- know when my parents are coming to visit the baby, and like I'm not gonna like you know. We're just going to have to see, like, where we're at with vaccinations and, like, who's going to be a part of our life during that time. All right. So some of the things I do to manage stress therapy, which I think I might be taking a break from, which I talked about last week. Um, Acupuncture, yoga, working out really helps me. Um, I get good, healthy food. I spend a lot of money on food because I just, like, what I put in my – I've, like, I realized I was, like, I definitely prioritize food and not in, like, a luxury, like – like Michelin star restaurant going out to eat at fancy restaurants kind of way. Like healthy food can be expensive (laughs) and yeah, but I, which it's unfortunate that like organic food is like cost more. Like that's really shitty and stupid, but like I'll also do like Sakara every now and then, or like I found a service I really like that's like cheaper and um, has like a little bit more variety is eat sunny. Um, And I've been trying them out. And I've just noticed that, like, yeah, if I'm eating healthy, I feel a little bit better and, like, a little less stressed. And what else? Um, Yeah. We talked to, like, a lot about, like, last week is prioritizing your self-care. So I think it's just important to do now. I also buy, like, really nice oils and beauty products. You know, I heard advice that, like, put on nice 
you know, underwear, lingerie, like it makes a difference in how you feel. Well, I go like one step <laughs> more. And I really do feel like I can be in sweatpants or like yoga clothes looking black because I'm not going anywhere that day. And I'm just going to be like doing yoga and trying to write in my room. But if I have like my really nice like butter elixir, like amongst the flowers lotion and like I do have like matching underwear and bra, I just feel a little bit better. And then I'm just a happier person when I'm in a good book. And it's hard for me to like get past that first couple chapters and like get into like a new world when it comes to fiction. But once I'm in and escaping in a new world and I'm reading a good book or like binge watching a TV show. I'm just happier. So those things help my stress. What what helps you with your Honestly, there's a lot of overlap in our lists. I would say that I agree with everything that you said. Something that I would add is um finding ways to socialize with friends. You know, however you can do that. Like how you said your friends are not stressing you out. Um yeah, my friends have been a great source of like joy and relaxation. And we actually met up with a couple of friends yesterday for a walk. And when we were done, I was like, wow, you know, we didn't talk at all about COVID. We didn't talk at all about politics. And we just talked about regular, normal things. And it felt so good. (laughs) Uh, And uh, it just left me feeling like, like this, it's like, wow, that's what feeling normal feels like. Um, So I recommend that. How refreshing. Uh, right? And yeah, like everything you said, emphasis on the therapy, (laughs) the eating good food. Eating good food. Um, We hope that's helpful. We hope you're not feeling too stressed out there, but you know, find your own ways to manage it if you can. That is it for this week's This Is Why podcast. Check out our book, This Is Why You're Single, and my new book, Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling and Other Feminist Fairy Tales. Laughing is always good medicine. And those are both in the, they're both humor books. And we encourage you to get them from your local indie bookstore. Yes. And you get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors for full list of our sponsors and the codes. You can check out our podcast page on thisiswhythepodcast.com. We are also on social. So you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at thisiswhypodcast. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. And thank you for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why, this is why, pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why, the podcast. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>